Welcome to the Thirst for More podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, where we sit down and talk with strength coaches, personal trainers, nutritionalists, and other professionals in the fitness and strength and conditioning field to help athletes, parents, coaches, small business owners help level up their game to provide athletes and clients world-renowned success, either in the weight room, on the field, or on the platform. Enjoy today's episode. Episode one of the Thirst for More podcast, I sit down and do a solo episode where I briefly talk about where I've been, what I've done, my past, how that's all kind of come full circle into creating what is now Thirst Gym in Terrell, Indiana. And the coaches, the personal trainers, and everybody that I happen to sit down and talk with, what I'm kind of looking to get from those professionals and how we can use their information to help benefit you, but also what I can take away myself and help use that to help my athletes, my clients, and my community as a whole. So enjoy the first episode. All right, guys, so I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, and today I'm briefly going to talk about my previous experience, what our underlying mission is with the Thirst for More podcast, and how we hopefully can benefit you in some positive aspect on each and every episode. My underlying goal with this podcast is to try to provide free information, not only for athletes and parents for our particular sector that we work in, which I'll talk about a little bit more here in a little bit, but also to be able to give that back to the community, talk with some of these people that happen to know a hell of a lot more than I do, and then how maybe my industry, my gym, my family, my athletes, my parents, my clients can help benefit from that knowledge base, but then you can also take that knowledge base as well and catapult your career or your lifestyle in some way or shape. So to get things kind of kicked off here, uh, my name is Brandon Smitley. I'm 31 years old. I live in Tarot, Indiana. I live with my amazing wife and two Bernese Mountain Dogs, Denali and Rio. My wife, Adrienne, is also the co-owner of our gym, Terre Haute Intensity Resistance and Sports Training, aka Thirst for short. And Our underlying goal with our gym is to help build better people through strength. That's the very simple motto of what we try to do. Try to educate people on how strength training is a valuable aspect into your health and fitness journey, but also our number one niche that we work with are youth sports performance athletes. So we try to give athletes an upper hand on the field, court, pool, wrestling mat, whatever it is, by teaching them proper ways to not only train in the weight room, but help to develop them as better human beings as well, and how those lessons in the weight room can just go on with the rest of their life. So we've got a really great job right now, obviously, with this recording. We're currently under you know, the stay-at-home order with the coronavirus, so we're not exactly doing a whole lot of training with people. We're doing at-home workouts and trying to provide free workouts for them. We hope that we get to open here in the very near future, but you know, we kind of understand where the whole idea behind all this is and how we're trying to keep other people safe. And so we're doing our job to comply and we really appreciate our members and our parents and our athletes, the people that are continuing to support us so that when we reopen, we can continue to pick up where we left off, so to speak. So my brief background, I, I have my undergrad degree from Purdue University in health and fitness. I graduated from there in 2011. That's kind of where everything kind of kicked off for me initially. Um, I 
I basically wanted to be a bodybuilder to an extent, but then I kind of found out I was strong, and I had a friend that was dabbing in powerlifting and was like, hey, you should give this a try. I think you'd be really good at it. The numbers that you're lifting at what you weigh are you know, pretty insane. Like You're definitely the strongest guy at Purdue University right now, pound for pound, and you're not even training for powerlifting. So uh, long story short, I basically got into a powerlifting meet. I just did a push-pull kind of on my own after college. I did all right. I had some pretty good numbers. I know I competed at 148. I didn't cut any weight or anything. And then I basically sought out a full power meet at 132, which is my first weight cut. And that first powerlifting meet, I believe I totaled 1212 at 132. Uh, this was kind of when raw was just starting. So there wasn't like a raw sleeves, raw wraps. It was just raw. Uh, and most meets at this time were probably gear heavy and equipment. So that's where that got started with powerlifting, and that just kind of kept going on. Um, I got really hooked from the first meet. I did a couple meets with my girlfriend at the time, and then eventually that relationship kind of fell apart. And that I will be honest that that relationship probably fell apart because of my selfishness. But I took some good life lessons from it. I went back and kept personal training people. And I, I started my personal training career at Purdue. I guess I should backtrack and say that. Um, one summer I just, I applied to be a personal trainer. I'm like, Hey man, I've been in the fitness industry in terms of studying it for you know five, six years. I've been a wrestler. I've, I, I know how to exercise. I want to learn more about this. this is what I want to do anyways. That's what I was going to school for. So I applied for that job and went through, uh, all the training and then got certified and started training clients on with the recreation center. And so I basically took that experience and did some interning at different um, universities, and I basically decided that collegiate strength and conditioning just wasn't for me. I, I thoroughly liked it, but I did not like the uh, carousel, so to speak, that happens during different seasons. So I decided that I wanted to try to get in the private sector, and with that, I pretty much told myself that I wanted to be a gym owner. I knew I wouldn't be able to do it off the get-go. I'd have to probably go work for people. But you know, my underlying goal was to own a gym and run it and do sports performance training there. And my first thought initially was that I can do this at home. There's not really any facility that does that. And the one that does, I experienced it firsthand, and I thought it could be improved vastly. So I thought I would take that upon myself to do that. So when I went back home to Terre Haute, I was working part-time jobs, and I enlisted for grad school at Indiana State University and got my master's degree in physical education and coaching. So to, to be a, I guess, kind but blunt, basically a meathead PE teacher. I couldn't teach PE, but I was learning a lot about coaching and working with people. And anybody that's been in the strength and conditioning field will tell you that's probably the number one thing that you can't teach people. <laughs> you can't teach people how to good how to how to be good people. You know, you're either a good person or you're not a good person, and um, that's just the the flat out truth. So I basically took from that and used that time with my advisor to lay out the groundwork for Thirst at the time. Thirst was already in my head. The name was decided. You know what the logo was going to kind of look like. I, I was taking my experiences from college and strength and conditioning and other coaches and other professionals and professors and you know, these coaches that I'm having classes with. And I said, you know, I'm going to take all of this and try to bundle it together and try to create an amazing environment and service that I can give back to my hometown community. When I finished my graduate degree, one of the hardest things I had to do before I finished was I had to decide whether I wanted to take a GA position or a full-time 
uh, strength coach position in Bloomington with Will Filming. So one summer, I went and interned at Force Fitness and Performance, which is still in Bloomington, a great sports performance facility. So if you know anyone in the Bloomington area, I would highly recommend them. Uh, and basically, Will kind of took me under his wings and taught me the semi-private model. And I had never been experienced to that. And I did, I want to say, around 500 hours of interning at the time. And I learned so much about the semi-private industry. And I was like, man, th this right here is exactly what we need in Terre Haute. It makes the service more affordable because, unfortunately, Terre Haute is not the wealthiest community by any means. Vigo County as a whole is on the very bottom of a lot of lists statistically in terms of health and wealth. And so I thought, you know, this is something that can make my expertise affordable, but we can also get in more athletes. We can build an environment and we can create something that's not been seen. So after my internship, Will offered me a full-time position. And unfortunately, at the same time, I was offered a full-time GA position out at Rose Holman through Indiana State. So Rose Holman would pay my tuition and I would work facilities and student management at the recreation center. And majority of my work experience at the time was in recreation, uh, I'm not going to lie, with just my general jobs and such. And I, I really liked what I was able to do at Purdue at their recreation center. And so I decided to do that and I was like, well, if I want to own a gym, I need to actually manage people. I need to practice doing that, creating that communication, taking some leadership role, and kind of seeing what I can do. And to to put it nicely, that that GA position was lackluster at best. It it gave me the 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 pieces that I wanted, which was to communicate and help manage people, especially students. And if you don't know anything about Rose Holman, Rose Holman is a Division three school and university it's one of the best engineering schools in the entire country that's kind of what they they kind of pat their back on and they are good and those kids there are incredibly intelligent but with that intelligence comes a pretty big lack in social skills they some a lot of these kids have never had a job before and you know they're kind of doing this to make some side cash and you know the jobs are easy you know you're working intramurals and you're running events and you're kind of monitoring weight rooms and facilities and you know for a lot of people they're like hey i gotta do, do my homework and get paid to do it and for a lot of them that's true but you know trying to trying to manage those people is a little bit more difficult than trying to manage your average person that has work experience. The average person that has work experience understands that you know you got to show up on time, you got to be presentable, you know, you got to be punctual and you you've got to really try to provide good customer service no matter what you're in. And these kids hadn't been taught that. So I kind of took that under my wing to be able to do that and have a good relationship with these kids, let them have fun, but at the same time like hey you know, when I know that you're gonna start off making eighty to hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, most of these kids get their job offers sophomore junior year. And but you know, if you can be a social person, you can move up these ranks really quickly and get some of these really big time positions if you're just social and you know how to work with people. So I basically took that position because I was like, Hey, I'm getting my grad school paid for. That's fantastic. That's a really hard thing to turn down. Free school and that free work experience, so to speak. Oh, and a paycheck, I guess. I was getting paid, a stipend. But, um, so I took that over working with Will full-time. And part of me regrets that because Will's an awesome guy, and I really hope I can get Will on this podcast at some point. But Will pushed me out of my comfort zone, and I really like that. But I told myself that I learned a lot from Will. I had his phone number. 
he's in less than an hour drive away from me from my hometown. I was like, I can go see Will whenever I need to if I got questions or something. And um, we've managed to keep our relationship pretty good. And I will say that, you know, I ask him questions and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I basically took that. And after that was over, I was like, man, what do I do? I, you know, I wanted to open this gym, but, you know, I didn't have the capital by any means. I wasn't necessarily in debt, but I was just trying to figure out what I needed to do. So I started personal training at Indiana State, and they hired me to be basically their lead personal trainer at their recreation center. It's not a huge gig. It's really not. Uh, I kind of took it because I was like, man, I kind of need this. I was training people online at the time for powerlifting through my sponsorship from Elite FTS. It had gained me some notoriety, and I had managed to hit some pretty amazing lifts, and so I was getting a lot of popularity, and people wanted me to coach them. And I tended... I tended to understand the conjugate system for raw powerlifting a little bit differently than other powerlifters at the time. I'm not going to say that I was better than them either on the platform or from an education standpoint about the conjugate system, but I kind of took and retooled what was working for me and helped clients learn how to adapt that. And I think a lot of people liked being able to see that. You know, it wasn't what was in Louis' Westside Book of Methods that I was giving people. It was my own take on how I think you can get stronger and how we can use this system with some varying degrees of differences to make you a better powerlifter. So that was basically my main job on top of my personal training that I took at Indiana State. And my job there was to work with the faculty and staff. So I had to pretty much guarantee them that I was going to be there a year. And I said, absolutely, for sure, I'll do that. And uh, in return, I had a I wanted to make sure I didn't have a non-compete clause. So if I wanted to go personal train people at other gyms, Somewhere else in the community, I would be able to on my own free will and not have to worry about legal stuff. And so that all checked out fine. And my boss at the time, Kimberly, she did a really good job of kind of, I think initially she was a little skeptical. She thought I was a meathead. And then I think when she realized and they started giving me these big time faculty members and staff members and they had all positive reviews and their, that. I want to say my retention rate there was just astronomical. The the only clients that I ever lost were students. Once I got a faculty member, I never saw a faculty member leave until the day that I left. When I left, that's pretty much how that relationship ended with Indiana State, unfortunately. And some of those clients have came to thirst, and some of them haven't. And um, to put it nicely, I basically got kind of stuck. I, I couldn't advance. I couldn't make any more money. Um, you know, I was getting more clients, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was happy because I, I generally wasn't happy. I wanted to work with athletes. And so what I opted to do was just put my nose down and get some other side jobs to start saving capital to start my own place. And during that time, I met my now wife, Adrian, through Indiana State. She didn't know that I was as old as I was, but uh, that ended up working out really well. And we, created a good relationship and once that relationship kind of took off we kind of figured out we were kind of meant for each other and so happens to be she's got a degree in exercise science really smart girl for i think she's only 25 and i i thought you know this is a good business partner that i can that i can not only trust but she's a female she's not only attractive but she's strong she she understands the science she just needs some mentorship and I thought I could do that with her. So she started training with me, and she grew astronomically during that time. And I was like, this right here is my right-hand man or, or woman. And so we 
basically decided to get married. And when we were buying our house, we pretty much had the opportunity to look at the space of what is now Thirst. And the way that came about was a good friend and my very first training partner, Kyle Dean, his dad had a space open up that was going to be going for rent. And so they kind of gave me first shot at it because Kyle knew from training with me in my garage back in the garage room days that ultimately I wanted to open a sports performance training center and really increase the level of personal training and sports performance training in the Terre Haute area. And so he gave me a phone call. We looked at everything. We put the we put the pen to paper and we made the space happen. And we ended up buying, I'm sorry, buying signing that lease for that space before we had finished our mortgage paperwork. So we were all over the place, getting ready for a wedding, just signed a lease for our first business, and we're in the process of trying to close on a house. We found the house we wanted, but there were just a little bit of hiccups along the way that we had to kind of get through. And during that time, I had actually taken a full-time job with a distribution center locally, and it wasn't what I wanted to do, but the number one reason why I took that was the financial backing that it was going to give me to support the gym. So my wife and I ended up actually pretty much working opposite schedules. I worked Sunday through Thursday, 6 a.m., basically until 2.30, but most days there would almost always be overtime. So, you know, most days I'd be lucky to be out at 3 or 3.30. And uh, she worked in the evenings a couple of nights a week with special needs populations full time. So the I was like, if, if this is going to work, at least my wife can be at the facility in the morning and I can be there in the evening. And while it's not ideal, you know, we can we can teamwork this. And there were a couple of days that we were both in there in the evening together. And it, it just kind of happened to work out. Um, you know, when we opened our doors, we didn't have a whole lot of equipment. I, I gave a phone call to my man, Matt Goodwin at Elite FTS and said, hey, man, here's here's what we need. I've got all this stuff in my garage. This is what I need to make my space essentially usable from a sports performance perspective and personal training and Matt Goodwin got everything going for me, and next thing you know, we got a facility. And uh, what I pretty much learned from that that first couple months was that I had no idea what I was doing. I was really flying by the seat of my pants, and I was letting my reputation carry me. And I quickly realized that I had to learn more about marketing and business and, and making these right connections, and, and why am I the number one choice in my area. Why should you come to me over the competitor? And so we, you know, we did a good job with the outfitting of equipment, but we didn't have a lot. I'm gonna be honest. We had three power racks, a monolift, a bench, two lap pull downs, uh, reverse hyper, a glue ham raise, turf, dumbbells, kettlebells, rig, a couple platforms, and about 30 barbells or so. That's really all we had. The good thing is that's all you definitely need to improve sports performance. You don't need, you know, anything crazy. There's nice to have the the toys to get you there, but they're definitely not required. And I think people realize that this is a real gym. The owners lift. The, one of the owners is a world record holder holding powerlifter and has interned at different multiple facilities. And you know his wife is a personal trainer and she's super outgoing and she she understands how to work with people. And we had really good community involvement and support and I think a lot of people that knew who we were and had trusted me just immediately, you know, from a membership standpoint just said, forget coming to the other gyms. I want to go to the real gym. And I know a lot of people tried to initially give me flack for 
having our prices so high on our membership, but I can tell you right now that was one of the best decisions we've ever made as a business. We might be the most expensive, but I can tell you right now the worth of our value that we get from our members and what our members give back, not only to our sports performance kids when they're in there, but just the community that we have is unparalleled. And so that was a big hurdle that we had to get over was why are you going to pay $15 more a month to come train at Thirst versus the other competitor? And so, you know, the good thing that we had going for us was that I was a powerlifter. I knew what it took to be strong, but I also knew the equipment that would help benefit you to be strong. You know, you don't need junk bars and racks. You need some quality bars and you need some quality racks. You know, you you have to have some of that stuff if you want to get strong people in your doors. So that basically kind of kicked off thirst. And after the first year, we started to get athletes and clients. And as that happened, people, you know, started seeing results. And we showed that we cared and we were going to take care of these people as long as they, you know, believed in us. And it kind of just rolled down from there. And at the end of 2019, um, actually the middle of 2019, my wife Adrian was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which was probably our very first big kind of hurdle that we had to deal with. Um, not only were we both working full time, but then now she's got to deal with cancer treatments and we got to figure out how to modify the hours of the gym because it's just me and her. And, you know, it, it was a big challenge. It was very, very stressful because we were growing at an alarming rate. And, you know, I, it was borderline to where I could leave my full time job. But I'm like, man, I can't leave my full time job when my wife is going through cancer treatments. I can't, I can't do that. We need that extra financial backing to be on the safe side. And so, you know, I kind of took one for the team and it's like, I'm going to keep working these 80, 85, 90 hour weeks until we can get you through this. And then we'll just kind of reassess as that happens. So as the fall went through and she was, you know, coming towards the tail end of her treatments, I decided that it was pretty much time for me to leave my full-time job. Um, it was just too much stress on my body. My body was literally falling apart because it was very, very physical. And I said, you know, we've we've got the income from the revenue from the gym that, you know, I can take a 45% pay cut and we'll be okay. And I said, you know, that's that's what it's going to have to take to make me feel better, but also that I can give more of my time and energy to what I love, the people that, you know, have supported us from day one, the, the new athletes that are coming in every week, I can give them 110%. And when I'm dragging ass, it's it's hard some days. But And I'm sure many athletes saw that on my face. They're like, man, he's got to be exhausted, chugging energy drinks, you know, doing everything I can. And so when that got to be kind of the, the, the pulling point, I said, all right, Adrian, I'm, I'm going to quit when, you, when you're done with treatment. And she supported me. And so what we did was we used my my inshurance at the time to fix an inguinal hernia that I had had for quite a while. I don't even know how long I had it, but you know, I just never got it fixed because it was asymptomatic. And so I got that looked at and got that fixed and that way I could benefit from my insurance. And then after that, I pretty much strung it out. You know, I had a certain amount of recovery week that I couldn't go back to lifting heavy things. So I was immediately out six weeks from work. So I was on FMLA and I was already FMLA approved for my wife. And so we just drug it out through Christmas. And then once Christmas was over, I just called, I just pretty much told my employer I'm not coming back. Um, I found something that had made me happy. I had seen the benefits from having eight weeks of not working there and the way that my body felt and how much more recovered I was from life. And um, that's kind of how we got going. So started 2020, you know, freshly self-employed. And 
at that time, we also decided to make our first hire, and that was something that I'm, I do not regret by any means. Andrew is absolutely phenomenal, um, but it was very, it was a very difficult decision to make because I'm like, you know, I've got to obviously pay this guy, and I, and there's nothing wrong with paying. I had no problem paying him, but you know, at the same time, like the business has got to keep growing. It's got to keep going because he's depending on that paycheck to an extent, and I'm depending on mine. And then the clients are depending on their quality service, and it was just kind of a lot against the wall. And you know, there was there was some buffer room there, but I was like, it, you know, I was pretty much making a promise to Andrew that I was going to give him a good place of employment, a place that he would love to work, and in return, I was going to cut my pay again. I was going to only take forty percent. And um, so once we did that, I was like, you know, I need. I realized I needed Andrew. I was just getting too busy by myself, and. So I decided that, you know, I was going to pay Andrew and pay him damn well. His expertise is definitely valued, and I want him to, to understand that and for him to not even have to think about leaving unless if he wants to go find a better strength and conditioning job elsewhere in the country in which we would support him 100% behind that. But I wanted him to know that his time and his effort was definitely valued. So that was definitely another big moment in my journey of having to try to put someone else before me so that I could give my clients and the athletes the experience they wanted. So 2020 kicked off great. We now got three people working between myself, my wife, and Andrew. And then, you know, now we were, we were doing really well. Uh, January, February, and March, revenue-wise, were our three biggest months that we've ever had as a gym. Uh, and, you know, then the coronavirus kicks in. And here we are. You know, now I'm making a podcast and I'm trying to figure out a way to not only benefit with my extra available time, but also how I can use that time to benefit others since I can't coach for 54 hours a week anymore. So, you know, we hope that that opens back up here in the near future. And what I can say is that we are very positive that our that our training and everything will not change whatsoever we're going to have to you know make some adjustments to our training for our kids and our clients because they've gone about a month without training right now which when you really think about it is not that bad but for some of our athletes they've only been in there three months so you know a a month of detraining on three months can be quite a bit a month of no training for someone like me who's trained for 12 years 13 years something like that 14 i can't remember is really not that significant but to someone that's new it's pretty significant and you know they're building relationships and having a good time and then you know parents get slightly worried because they've got this investment in their child and as of right now it doesn't look like we're gonna have you know we're sure not having spring sports here where we are and right now summer is very up in the air it's probably right now at the point where it's going to be a modified season if anything and fall is up in the air as well so that is the 20 some minute information about myself where i've been kind of you know my background and history and hopefully it gives you a bit of a reason of to listen and use my input with all these other coaches and professionals and how i'm going to hopefully gauge this conversation moving forward with those professionals so what i really want to say that my goal is to kind of flip gears here a bit is 
to get some people on here that not only that I have previous relationships with in, in most cases, but to highlight what they've been able to do. I think that I've been blessed to be surrounded by some really cool people. I've already reached out to numerous people to see if they would want to be on this podcast and if they would, you know, what kind of timeline and all that kind of information. And so far, every person I've reached out to is absolutely behind it. I think a lot of people realize that when you get two people that are passionate about similar things, whether I'm sitting down talking with strength coaches, personal trainers, nutritionists, other small business owners, the the commonality in those things are that the, generally the people I'm talking to are incredibly passionate and they got to where they are because they're passionate, not just because they're smart. Are they smart? Absolutely. I'm not going to put somebody on here that I don't think is smart. Uh, I want you to take away more knowledge than you really know what to do with. But I think the relationships and how they are as good people will also come off and I think you'll kind of see a resounding effect that the industry as a whole wants what's best for the industry as a whole. It's just, you know, you got your bad apples here and there, just like every other industry, and sometimes those bad apples stick out like a sore thumb compared to the good ones. There's a lot of really good people, and I want to get them on this podcast, talk to them, pick their brains, see what I can do to be better as a coach, and then hopefully you can benefit that as well and apply that to your training or your career and and move forward in some way. And then ultimately, I also want to provide a free resource for all of our members and our personal training clients, our sports performance athletes, and their parents so that they have more information coming to them if they want it. Because we do get lots of questions, and a lot of the questions are repeats, and I have no problem answering those questions, but sometimes it's nice to hear that opinion from another person. And that opinion can dictate so or speak a little bit more buy-in you know i'm i'm brandon smitley the owner of thirst what i might recommend might sound like a sales pitch when in gen in in you know in gen in genuinely that's the word i'm looking for there i i really want what's best for them and sometimes that may mean that we have to add an extra day of training or we might have to say hey we got to talk a little bit more about nutrition It's not that I'm calling your kid fat, and it's not saying that I want your money. I'm just trying to say what I think might be best for your kid at this current time. Because I've also talked parents out of long-term commitments based upon what their kids are telling me or how many days a week they can actually commit to. I won't let a kid come in and and commit to three days a week if I don't think they can make the three days a week or if I think they can benefit from two. I'm not after your money. I'm after your kid's results and your kid's performance and watching them become a better person right before our eyes as they're at our facility. And I think when I get these other professionals on and they kind of echo the same sentiments, but at the same time, they are other professionals and everyone I'm going to have on here, if they told me to go do something, you best believe I'm going to do it. They probably got a really really good, a really good reason for it. And I think that um, parents like to hear that. Clients like to hear that. Lifters like to hear that. And some of these people also, I'm planning to just, you know, help catapult themselves as well. You know, I've got some amazing people that I plan to bring on here that I just don't think are honestly well known enough. I think they are doing amazing things for where they're at in their life and in their career. And I think they've got a lot of valuable information that needs to make it to other people. And if it only gets to one person, but if that one person tells one person, tells one person, you know, you kind of see how that can kind of exponentially grow and benefit others as well. 
So that is our goal with the Thirst for More podcast. I can't tell you exactly how long each episode is planned to be. Ideally, I would like to see each episode between 30 and 60 minutes. Some might be shorter, some might be longer. But if you would happen to have any recommendations on somebody that I should sit down with and get some information, have some good questions, good discussions, please feel free to let me know. You know, you can, we will have, I'm going to have show notes attached to every single episode. Some of them might be in more detail than others based upon who I sit down and talk with. Like the show notes for this are probably going to be very simple. I'm just going to give you some of my accolades and places that you can contact me and ask questions and provide feedback because this is my first time ever doing anything like this. And I will be honest with you, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've had to read for hours upon hours about how to set up a podcast and get this to your earbuds. So if you have any recommendations on that as well, I'm also all ears. I really want to help give you what you want to hear, what you want to listen to, and honestly just make it something that you're like, man, that's a really valuable podcast. Something that when I see it pop up on my Spotify or my iTunes, I want to click it when I'm in the car so I can try to learn something. And so I will provide that information on here for you as well. What we're going to do is we're going to have these just go to the gym email, which is thirst.training at gmail.com. So T-H-I-R-S-T period training, T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G, and that's at gmail.com. You can just send me an email there with any information that you happen to benefit from or somebody you want me to talk to or any recommendations, constructive criticism, I'm all for it. You can also get a hold of me on Instagram. So my personal Instagram handle is at bsmitley, so B-S-M-I-T-L-E-Y. And then there's also the gym Instagram handle, that's at teamthirst, T-E-A-M period, T-H-I-R-S-T. And that is probably the best way to get a hold of me through any of those social medias. You could also try getting a hold of me through Facebook Messenger, but I know it kind of screens a lot of those if I'm not a Facebook friend with you, so I would probably not recommend that option. The final thing I would like to say is that I want to give a thank you to all of my friends and supporters for that I've talked to about this and said, you know, go for it. I think this would be awesome. We would really love to hear what you have to say and some of the people that you know and how that might be able to benefit me and other people and just to provide some really good value. And, you know, those people not only nudged me, but I think they kind of gave me the assurance that I, that I can figure this out. And so if there happen to be any kind of hiccups along the way, I want to just apologize now before you get episodes in deep and you're like, man, this needs a lot of work because it very well might. I'm obviously going to do my best to monitor each episode and try to make tweaks as I go along the way. It's a learning curve and we will get through this together. So if you have any questions, please feel free to send them my way. Like I said, through Instagram at bsmitley or at teamthirst, you can also send them to me on my email. Like I said, that's thirst.training at gmail.com. And you can also go to our website. That's thirstgym.com that will reroute you to brandonsmitley.com. We were kind of uh, went that way and used my own website to get all this done from a gym standpoint. But if you type in thirstgym.com, that will take you to our website. And you can go to the contact tab and send me a message through there as well. We will be getting some stuff up on our website 
on how you can easily find us, share our episodes. Our goal is to try to get on Spotify, iTunes, Google, you know, Stitcher, most of the popular uh, podcast episodes. So if you happen to be listening to us on one of those, I'm glad that it worked. We also are contemplating putting them on YouTube. I'm going to have to do a little bit of homework on how to do that. I think it's a different audio file. So uh, be patient on that, but that's another option that we are looking to explore. If that's something you're interested in, please let me know so that I can get them on YouTube. If you're not, that's okay. We'll just keep them with the regular audio streaming applications that you can find usually on your phone. So that is all I've got for our very first episode. I hope you took something away. Hopefully you learned something about me. I'm kind of an open book. I'm not afraid to talk about anything. So I hope that maybe eventually if people like these solo episodes, we can sprinkle them in as well. Ideally, I want to sit down and talk to people way more than I want to talk into a microphone because I can only say so much information unless if I have actual questions because I can just roll on on a different topic to different topic and I want to know what different people have to say. So again, thank you for tuning in for the first episode of Thirst for More podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, and I look forward to seeing you in episode two. Thanks for listening to Thirst for More podcast. Give us a follow on Spotify, iTunes, Google, and other streaming services. Feel free to visit our website, thirstgym.com. That's T-H-I-R-S-T-G-Y-M.com. And click on the podcast tab to look over show notes and extra free resources. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at Team Thirst. That's T-E-A-M period T-H-I-R-S-T. Or you can give me a follow at B Smitley. That's B-S-M-I-T-L-E-Y. For more updates on future episodes to come. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, and we'll catch you at the next episode.